Welcome back everybody, it's Angela and Siobhan and uh, today we have Andrea with us and um, I personally wanted to introduce Andrea because when I was widowed um, 11 years ago I was bereft and desperately wanting to talk to other widows to um, to understand where I was going with my life and a friend of a friend put me in touch with the wonderful Andrea and I wouldn't be doing the things I do today if it wasn't for Andrea. So thank you, Andrea. I know I've said thank you many times before, yes, but um, I, I really <laughs> genuinely mean it. Um, so um, Andrea has come to talk about um, Steve, who um, died um, accidentally. So um, I don't know how you want to start this, Andrea, if you want to talk a little bit about Steve yes. and about the sort of circumstances. Yes, um, Steve and I were together for 17 years. And um, he was a lovely fella. Um, we had our son. And we were just going on. I mean, it wasn't a perfect marriage. We had ups and downs. Yeah. It was a normal marriage. Yeah. But he was my best mate. Mm. We laughed so much. Um, and yeah, it was just, we were just cruising along, you know. Um, Sam was just finishing primary school. Well, actually, no, let me go back before that. Three years prior to his death, uh, Steve suddenly announced to me that he was in the process of buying a motorbike. Right. Uh, we didn't discuss it. It was mm. a fait accompli. It was mm. happening. Yeah. And I was incredibly anxious. And uh, I asked him why he felt that he had to do it. Uh, Steve had a very stressful job and to commute right across London yeah. on the tube, which he had to do there and back every day, he said it was just exacerbating that stress. Yeah. So um, it wasn't the sort of marriage where you could say, you cannot do that. He no. would never say that to me, and mm -hmm. I couldn't say it to him. So I told him all my worries. We agreed a plan where he would definitely take the motorbike driving test, which you don't have to do to be on a bike. He was no. going to make sure he did that. And then we had this agreement, any incident, and that was it. That we'd, then we'd be over the motorbike okay. phase. And for three years, he was on his motorbike going to and from London most days. Sometimes he got the tube. And um, then when our son was 11 and was just starting his new senior school, on the day I started a brand new job, it was a beautiful, I remember a beautiful September day. It was not the sort of day that I really worried about him. No, you know, no. rain, snow, I was yeah. thinking about him constantly. It was a beautiful sunny day. I got home from work. I was looking forward to him driving up the driveway and me filling him on my day and Sam yes. filling him on the new school mm. and new friends. Yeah. And the phone went and um, it was a woman in the street. Uh, I could hear the ambulance sirens behind her. And she said, uh, your husband's uh, been hit by a car. He's asked me to ring you, he's conscious. Um, and then I believe, I can't be 100% sure because at this point, I'm in shock, yeah. and I'm feeling sick, and I'm thinking, he can't be that great if he's not phoning me. And then I think a paramedic came on, or a policeman, and told me which hospital he was going to, and mm. to get there. Right. Yeah. And, of course, it's just Sam and myself in the house. The tea was in the oven cooking. And um, I phoned my parents told them what had happened and they rushed to get here but it's a half an hour drive and 
all the time I'm waiting and waiting. It seemed like two hours before yeah. they came. Yeah. And then we had to go by train to where it was in London because it wasn't the main part of London. It was Denmark Hill. And we do have on my train line some trains that stop there, but they stop at every stage. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so the slow train was like, it just seemed like everything was taking so long to get to him. And uh, I left my father um, and mum with my son and I went up by myself and the two policemen met me at the station and uh, they told me that I was very lucky. He was um, not in a bad way, he was right. going to be all right. I uh, joined Steve in the, um, in the accident and emergency. They had all these things around him to hold his neck straight mm. and... Mm. He was moaning about that and how uncomfortable it was. And um, I was just relieved he was conscious. And I just thought, okay, there's some issues, but he's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, and then he seemed to be attracting more and more nurses. And next thing, he was set to be blue, blue lighted up to St. Thomas's. And uh, they felt that there was internal bleeding. Okay. So um, at this point, oh, I, it's so bizarre. You feel that you're in a movie almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in a, it's this sort of movie that I wouldn't watch because I can't mm. stand that sort of scenario. And I just did, I felt almost like an out-of-body experience was going on. I was just getting in another vehicle to go to another hospital. I wasn't really there. No. I was... Mm. No. I was just praying as well, and um, anyway, off we went. Um, he went into St Thomas's. I managed to see him before he had the operation. He had a stent put in, and I stayed till about 4am till he was back on the ward, and he went to intensive care. And um, for some bizarre reason, uh, nobody at the hospital asked me how I'd get home, so I walked out into Waterloo at 4am, you know, to hail a taxi to get me home to Watford. Some, some guy, thank God, took pity on me and did drive me all the time. So I could be here for my son, yeah. who was so worried. So I hadn't slept all night. No. Came home to Sam, tried to reassure him. And then um, there ensued a week of me splitting my time with Sam and the hospital. Um, and midway through the week, he um, went on a ventilator. He couldn't get enough air into his lungs. No. So. And so, yeah, he just went downhill. And then a week later, after he'd gone in, it was the Monday again, I'm actually on my way to the hospital. And the phone goes and they say to me, can you get here soon? Your husband's very poorly. Mm -hmm. And um, I grabbed a cab. I ran from the cab, the cab driver could hear me phoning family members, asking them to pray. He didn't ask me for any money, he just said, go, go, go. And I ran and um, it was too late. Right. So I didn't really get to say goodbye, but he would probably have been unconscious anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I just, it was the most bizarre feeling. I was numb, you know, I didn't actually howl or anything. I just stood there and try, I was just trying to comprehend. And this is the thing with sudden death that you've had one life right up to a phone call yeah. and then that is totally unravelled mm. and you've now got this totally different life. It's not one you want, it's not one you've even thought about. No. No. 
And I remember coming back from London, my mum had now come up to join me. Steve's sister was there. Um, and I remember traveling back down in a taxi cab to get to my father's, I can't remember why. And I was just sitting there and I was thinking of just the most bizarre but important things like, can we still live in our house? Yeah. Mm. Um, can Sam stay at that school? Can we, it was just yeah. sort of, it sounds cold, but you have, you mm. suddenly realise everything you've built as, with your husband is now on your shoulders. You're mm. a lone parent. Mm. Um, I wasn't the main breadwinner by, well, at that stage, by a long shot. I was bringing in pin money. And um, I'm just rolling through what I, you know, what do I do? I've got no idea about probate. I knew we had wills. Yeah. yeah. And that is so important. And anybody listening, please, yeah. please, please mm. get a will. I'm sure previous people have said it on mm. the mm. podcast. But it is so hard to actually sort out finances when your other half goes and especially in a, a sudden death where you're actually in shock yeah. um and yeah so there were all these actual sort of financial things yes. going through my head yeah which sounds cold but you're so thrown yeah your life's just sort of shattered and then of course the next thing was getting to my son to tell him mm. and um that was just awful horrible yeah. and yeah. Yes, so then we're faced with uh, getting this new life started. Um, and I don't think I said at the beginning, because uh, Steve passed away, was it, 40, is it 14 years ago? 15, 15 years, years ago, years ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it, it is so vivid, I can see, yes. I can hear it in your voice and yeah. you, you're... You, the, how you're describing everything is yeah. is is, yeah. is it, it's a vivid it, it, those memories those painful memories yes. never yeah. go do they and that, as you yeah. say it's like an out of body experience because it was, yeah it was very surreal I couldn't I couldn't really take it in that it was happening to me no, no. because it was like a film and you you know you cried for the other person mm. and here it was happening to me and I couldn't cry I was totally just shell shocked yeah and what you were saying about memories Ange is is totally true you have this thing where the reason it's probably so vivid is for the first year, I couldn't stop going over no. things I'd seen, mm. heard, events of mm. that week. Mm. Um, even my son's grief in the early days, what I witnessed. And it was almost like a torture, mm. but I couldn't stop it. No. Kept repeating. Kept repeating yeah. and um, just couldn't stop myself. And I think stopped thinking about it, but I would take myself through the whole scenario. Yeah. And afterwards... I mean, we both talked about this a long time ago. Yes, yeah. But we thought that perhaps it's a way you're trying to actually process yeah. it and accept it. Mm. Yeah. But it is like torture. And I think that's, I mean, I think what happens is you have to go over it in order for you to almost believe it. Yes. Because you said yeah. you're feeling like you're in this sort of strange, surreal yes. place. Yes, yeah. And it's not as if you're even grieving at that point you're just thinking i've just somehow got to get my head around this yes and make this this has yeah. actually happened yeah in part of my life when do you think that you allowed yourself or were able to start grieving what had happened after the sort of suddenness of steve's death i think it was six months right. at six months i really fell apart yeah i was missing him so much i was exhausted 
from trying to hide the level of grief I was feeling from my son right. to try and protect his grief process. I didn't want him to carry mm. the burden of watching mum yeah. sinking. So yeah. Yeah. I would be super strong during the day. Um, and once he went to bed, I'd fall apart. So I was exhausted, missing him. Um, yes, about six months. The thing that turned it around was I was going to go to the doctor for... Um, something to antidepressants yep. just some help yep. I hadn't had any counselling Sam refused counselling mm. um, and uh, yeah I just thought I'm falling apart and then we just had the sense to go away in February we went off to Dubai and got some summer sun my mum, my dad, Sam and I mm. and it was like a turning point there was this beautiful sea to look at it was warm again and um just a couple of things happened there that lifted me. And I started, that was the first time I started to turn the corner. And after that, I also started to manage to block some of those awful, I couldn't do it all the time. You slowly build up a resilience to it. And eventually, I remember saying to Ange, at some point you can suddenly block more than go through all those awful memories. You can say, no, I'm not thinking of that yeah. and it works. But that takes time. And I don't think I ever believed you, did I? <laughs> no. When I used to sit on Andrea's sofa and you were at four years and I was at four months. Yes. And I, I used to say, and I know I've said this so many times on the podcast, I'll never be happy again. How have you survived? And Andrea used to say, you will survive and you will be happy again. Yeah. And I remember driving away thinking, I'm never going to survive. And I'm <laughs> never going to be happy again. Yeah. But, you know, now, yeah. now we say, you know, 11 yeah. years for me and 15 yeah. years for you. Yeah. Um, and there are happier times, aren't there? Oh, my but, goodness, but, yes. you know, I, I, a friend of mine um, died uh, when her children were four and nine. And the husband went to... He, were, he, he was non-Christian, but he went to the vicar. And the vicar said, all you can see at the moment is your wife. You can't see anything else. Your wife is there 24-7. But gradually, you'll see your wife, and then you'll see the sun. Yes. Then gradually, you'll see yeah. your wife, yeah. the sun, and some trees. And then you'll see your wife, the sun, trees, flowers. Yeah. And that's sort of what you're explaining, isn't it? Yes. Is that you had a turning point. And, and what mm. this vicar was basically saying is that your wife will always be there, but you grow a life around that yes. person. But yeah. in those initial days, yeah. it is just so... It, I think you start by getting one surprisingly better day in a week and you suddenly think oh, actually I'm, I'm, I've coped today and then about a month later it's two days in a yeah. week you're mm. coping much better and it just slowly mm. builds up and mm. life has a wonderful way of sucking you back in mm. um, and you just suddenly you do like your life is forever changed and especially being a lone parent oh. single parent when um I was so young and Sam was so young, you know, everything was on me and there's plenty of single parents out there, but for me it was just single parenting a, a week. Yeah. Yes. So it was yes. Yes. no choice. No choice, no, no discussion. <clears throat> um, so everything, it, I found it very exhausting because, you know, every parent's evening was me and yeah. I know there's plenty of single parents things that say I do that, but I had not been prepared for it. No. It no. hadn't been my world and there no. was doing all of it and I was just uh, very tired but talking about what that person said to you about so you see a tree in there nature was incredibly healing to us it's like when I turned a corner um, when we went away 
to sun and sand and sea, I started taking my son travelling, mm -hmm. which was very hard to do because although I travelled a lot on my own when I was younger, yeah. I got very used to relying on my husband to yeah. carry yeah. things and also that nice security blanket of a nice mm. big fella with me. And, and so um, it was the first few times I flew off with Sam, I felt quite vulnerable, which I'd never felt before when I was travelling, but um, we persisted and we started seeing some of the wonderful, beautiful places on this earth and... It was very healing. Yeah. But I was very privileged because what I would also say to your listeners is, please get life assurance. If my husband hadn't taken out the insurance he had, mm. we would have had to have left the house, which would have been another trauma. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't have had the opportunity to travel to mm. help no. us heal. Um, I would have had less time with my son because I'd have had to immediately mm. get another job. Mm. I lost the job, obviously, um, that I had when I just obtained, but I couldn't take, I couldn't go to work and leave Sam. So, so yes, I mean financially, it's so important to have life assurance that covers more than just the mortgage, yeah. Yeah. because that actually is only a small part of what you need in today's yes. world. Mm. Um, so yes, that was. Um, I think it took about three years yeah. for yeah. both Sam and I to start accepting our new life um, and at times enjoying our new life and allowing and yourself to enjoy, to enjoy it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah but we're still very aware it's the two of us um we're very close I imagine we are very mm. close mm. I mean we have our moments but yes we are very close I mean um yes it's it's Steve's always sort of with us yeah mm. especially in this house mm. if we weren't in this house Sam probably would feel less of his presence, I think, because it's just all Steve was always here. I can see him in the kitchen cooking. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I don't think I'm here forever. No. But it's important still now, even though my son's 26, mm. to him to be where his father was. And, yes. And it's amazing how people think you're over something mm. or like to think you're over something so rapidly. We're 15 years on, one mm. of the uh, longest mm. widowed in your mm. group. And um, I still think about him every day. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I am, uh, you know, sitting there crying every day, but it can still take my breath away. I still feel sad he's not here. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just part of this new life. Mm -hmm. But I feel very blessed I had him. So it's a double-edged sword. I was lucky enough to have Steve. Yeah. But I lost Steve early. Yeah. yeah. But I have our son still, who is a true reflection of Steve in every annoying way. <laughs> and, um, and so, so it's it's such a complicated thing. Um, and I think we were talking about that in the car coming here, weren't we? Just about things that are happening over Christmas, and oh, yeah. it, it yeah. it's just the fact that I don't think. And I probably wouldn't have understood it if if a friend mm. of mine had lost her partner or husband um, being widowed. Mm. It's a levels of complexity, isn't it? It's huge. And everybody uh, deals uh, with it differently yes, too. Yes, they do. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't deal with it very well that are supposed to be supportive of the person that's lost it. Mm. I, I found we had a huge base of friends that just disappeared because mm. as a single woman, 
I didn't actually fit socially mm. in their groups. The because odd number we were, around the table. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and we were of that age where there was a lot of socialising. I felt very, very hurt by being dropped by so many people. And if Andrew had only got her group going <laughs> sooner, <laughs> we would have... I mean, what when we get together with your wonderful group, to actually have social interaction with people that are very loving, understand or in the same boat of some form, it's, it is such um, a healing place to go, a lovely experience, and I just wish I'd had it at the very start. I did yeah. look at groups, but I don't know one that I really wanted to go to, and it might just be my friendship with Angela that, that tipped me more to do it. But um, if you can find a good supportive group, mm. it can help when people you think are going to be there for you just peel off. Yes. And disappear, especially post funeral. You get so many promises between the death and the funeral. Yeah. And then people just, unfortunately, I guess it's the way humans are, but some I think think it's just far too sad. Or as you said, Siobhan, they don't want that single woman at the dinner party. Or it's it's bizarre. But I did feel very let down by people mm, at yeah. that time. And I think it's not it's not just. Um, it, it just you used to email me and it yes. Andrew used to send all these wonderful emails at like sort of Valentine's Day or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve because she knew they were difficult difficult yeah. times aren't yeah, they yeah. so it's not you don't have to physically be there yeah. for somebody but anyone out there is, yeah. you know just texting or emailing yes. or yeah. I think we've said before isn't it is is you know people say oh you must call me if you need me you need someone to say Come round for dinner yes. Sunday at this time. At yeah. this time. If you're not yes. there, then I'll yeah. plate it up and I'll leave it on your doorstep. Yes. And it, it is yes. just because, yeah. and, and you just feel, especially when you're dealing with, when you were dealing with Sam's grief as well. Yes. You, 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 I, I think, think I was more traumatic than my own, actually, because you know how much you love your children and you want to protect them. And you've suddenly got to tell them the worst thing in the world has yes. happened. Yeah. At, yes. And so you're destroying their world. And yeah, yeah I think. Taking all of those sort of regard as, you know, inevitably and, and depending on. Yeah. Taking it all away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just destroying it for him and um, yeah. and seeing his, his... He couldn't accept it at first and would ask me questions that really were quite awful, but it was trying him trying to understand, you know, that he thought I'd seen the wrong person die. And yeah. Yeah, gosh. yeah just yeah. very complicated things for a young soul to be dealing with and it just it breaks your heart all over again yeah I found um dreams too at that time sorry it's out of order but I meant to mention it before it's not just the memories of events it's vivid dreams I think you probably get it with all deaths but with sudden death and I know this sounds bad but I was very angry at Steve too because I felt he'd let us down with the motorbike yeah and that we needn't have been here without his need mm. to ride a motorbike. So I would have these dreams where I was always having a go at him. It wasn't about motorbikes, it wasn't about death. He was alive in the dreams. Mm. But we'd row and row. And then I'd wake up and I'd be heartbroken that I had been with him in a way. Mm. In the but I'd been, yeah. yes, but yeah. I'd been angry with him instead yeah. of holding him or hugging yeah. him. Yeah. And I'd just like to say to anybody who has such and death and having these dreams they do like the vivid horrible memories of the events they do fade away and now I have 
occasionally lovely dreams. I must admit nowadays I don't remember many of my dreams, but um, I do tend to remember the ones with Stephen. And now it's just, once again, weirdly, not talking, it's just like he's still alive. It's never that he's died. No. But it's just mm. doing something normal that we did or with Sam. And it's that they are now a blessing. Yes, yeah. a but, comfort. But at the yeah. time when you're so, so missing and longing them to, to dream and that you're angry with them, it's just awful because yes. it's the opposite of what you want. You want, you want yeah. that connection with them, even if it's while you're asleep. Mm. And instead I was <laughs> yeah. telling him off. Yeah. Madness. But it is... It is a, a very mad time. You are having to absorb. Well, as I can say, <laughs> yeah. it is a form of madness. It is. It is, it is indeed. And I look back and I realise that I really wasn't operating as as well as I thought I was. And uh, You were doing what you needed to do. Then. Yeah, to get through. Yeah, yeah. And just get through the time. As we've hours. said so many times before, even to just get up in the morning yeah. is yes. such a huge achievement, yeah. isn't it? And I think we're so harsh on ourselves because you just yes. said, you know, what you just said. I mean, that's so harsh because, you, look, you brought up Sam and he's yes. such a wonderful young man and, oh, thank you. you know, doing it all on your own and that, that shock of, of losing Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was such a shame. It was a very special... Sometimes you get a good fella and, yeah. you know, I remember the policeman saying to me, um, the good ones tend to go. Mm. And it just seemed such a strange thing to say mm. that mm. he was a good man. Yeah. 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 Gosh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Andrea. And thank you. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been so lucid and so you know generous and giving us your story so thank you oh, very much well, thank you both very much no. i hope it helps someone I'm because sure sudden death is a, sh- a shocking all deaths are shocking yes, but yeah it is very hard to get your life back together yeah 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 yes, thank is. you so much andrea thank for you. doing this and on a personal level you know i'm indebted to you <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much so have a great week everybody and uh we're Record another episode next week. Next week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Go well. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.